Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, you are going to hear me speaking at an event at a mastermind group that I spoke at about a month ago. This group is gathered by Ellis Hammonds, and it's a great group of guys and gals who are driven, they are focused, they're ready to hustle. Many are already hustling and making things happen, and just a great group. I hope that you enjoy this. I love sharing my story with groups like this, and I think today you're going to hear probably parts of that story that you've never heard before. Even after over a thousand episodes, I think there's probably parts of this that you've never heard before. And so I hope you enjoy the show. hope you are motivated, encouraged, and I'd love to hear from you as well. Feel free to reach out to me personally or get in the group, the Facebook group, either one. But I hope you have a blessed day. I'll start with a little story. Many years back, I was on a large stage about two weeks ago in front of a large group talking about real estate. And I immediately get on the stage and I say, boom! Like I just threw a hammer through the drywall that I just hung up. I was so angry. I was so mad. We were newly married. We'd only been married probably a year and a half at that time. And she was so mad at me as well. I had spent her money. I had spent her money, but it was a great deal. It was a great deal. Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? It was a great deal. I couldn't understand it. Like, why couldn't she understand that this is a great deal? It just made so much sense, right? So during this time, you'll hear more about this story or what was happening. But my wife and I, we'd been married, like I said, about a year and a half at this time. We were remodeling a house while living in it. And she had had to wash the dishes in the tub for a lot longer than I would like to admit. And it was quite stressful. I was a police officer then as well, working the worst schedule, working every night, weekend, and holiday, working all the overtime I possibly could, just, I mean, making practically nothing. It felt like anyway, right? And so that pushed us in many ways, but also we had a desire for her to be at home when we had children. I knew making, what, 25 grand a year, Maybe 30 if I worked a bunch of overtime, maybe 35 if I just really cranked out all the overtime I could, it was going to be very difficult, right? So I'm going to come back to that story later as I talk, because it's so much of that is applicable to exactly what we've been talking about today when we're talking about husband and wives and, and different things. It's so important that you're both on the same mission. And at that time, Chelsea and I were not. We had not talked about all these things. I mean, we were just newly wed. We did not receive great counsel growing up. We weren't really believers at that time. We thought we knew the Lord, but there was no relationship really with Christ. So we know that now. But we would have said, oh yeah, we go to church every Sunday. But we did not have a relationship with the Lord, really. It was not a big part of our marriage. And it was obviously different from now. But I just want you to think about that scenario. We were not on the same mission. We were not going the same direction with our business, for sure, right? I'm going to share a secret with you right off the bat. I want you to pay attention. So everybody wants to know how we went from raising $250,000. So on my first project, I raised $250,000. It took me weeks to do it and tons of work. Man. You know, but I was thankful. I was so thankful. No friends and family invested. Nobody in our family is wealthy. It didn't come from money of any kind whatsoever. I had the best J-O-B probably anyone in my family had ever had. But then being able to consistently raise tens of millions in a few hours now. I think Andy was talking earlier about want to be able to do it quicker or faster, right? 
And there's some ways to do that. It takes time. It does not happen overnight. I want to tell you some critical things about my mission, my mindset, our why, and my how, how we got to where we're at. And this is probably one of the most important things too, is to teach you how to not be transaction focused, but loyalty focused. Very important if you want to raise a lot of money. So the secret to scaling fast, you have to show up to give. Seems simple, right? Seems simple, but it's something I have to work on constantly something I have to work on in every conversation. I have to show up to give. I have to think about, and I'm interacting with someone for the first time, I want to be there to serve them. I want to be there to serve them. And that is going to change the way you do business. It's going to change the way you think about other people. But it is, it's another mindset shift. It's not always win-win. Forget about win-win, like just show up to give. Over the past couple of years, 150 million in assets. Ellis talked about some of this. We do have a, approximately 85 million on contract. We have three development projects as well going on that's not in that. And interviewed over a thousand people, quite a few in this room as well. And my network has exploded and I've been able to talk in front of many, many stages now, many, many people, hundreds and even thousands at times. I never imagined being able to speak in front of as many people as I have. A few years ago, probably four years ago, if you'd ask me, even probably what a podcast was, I would have, may not have been able to tell you what a podcast was. It's interesting to see how things happen. And I remember probably two years before that, Chelsea and I were at a couple's retreat and I was praying with my pastor and I can't even remember where this came from, but he was praying and he prayed that the Lord would use me to speak. And he compared me like to Moses, not wanting to speak, you know? (laughs) I thought, where did that come from? And it's so interesting how the Lord does those things. I get to look back and just praise the Lord and try to figure out what I was going to do as a career. Policing seemed like an easy transition. I love the uniform, love the service, and the discipline. So out of 1,200 applicants, there were five positions with Kentucky State Police. I was blessed to have one of those. Loved working the road. I would have worked for free the first two years. I loved it. And so I'd work every Friday and Saturday night because that's when I could get into the most stuff. I mean, really, that was before I was married as well. And then finally, we get married. You know, if I didn't get home till like six or eight in the morning, then she knew something happened. But being a police officer was great. But again, making 25, 30 grand a year, there was just no room for advancement. There was nowhere to go. Also, guys retiring, making 40 grand a year, you know, 30 years of service on. Finally, the writing was on the wall. You know, where am I going to go here? What is this going to do for our family? I had no college. I almost felt a little helpless at this time. Okay, This was the same time that we had moved as a couple, and we had moved to get closer to family. We were part of a church where we met another couple. The Lord just used to save us, speak through this amazing testimony, and then how he used them to speak to us as well. But during that time, it was obvious. We just passed each other in the hallway the first whole year of marriage. I just said, you know what? As much as I enjoy this, it's just not what's best. It's just not what is best for our family. So I had to make a change. And so we did. We made a big change. During this time too, being in law enforcement, that's what pushed me to supplement our income, right? I was looking, looking, trying to figure out what can we do to supplement our income. I learned that not only had one or two people built wealth in real estate, but like hundreds of thousands of people have built wealth in real estate. And so I thought, okay, if that many people can do it, then I can probably do it too. Something, right? I may not be Donald Trump, but I can probably do something to supplement our income. We wanted my wife to be able to stay at home when we had children. It was going to be very difficult on 30 grand a year, right? So we pushed, we bought two triplexes and man, we learned a lot the hard way, (laughs) made a ton of mistakes, but we got started. At the same time, I became a federal agent. Again, very difficult process getting hired as a federal agent, but it was a big step up for me, right? 
I doubled my income immediately, a better benefits, better everything. I mean, working the normal schedule now, I can actually sleep in the same bed as my wife at the same time and all those perks, right? But that was probably one of the best J-O-Bs my family had had. And so you can imagine when I start to talk about real estate and doing something completely different, that's kind of a shocker, right? This is probably more of a shock to some of you. So since I was a little boy, I wanted to train horses, loved riding horses. It was just a passion of mine since I was very young. So we moved to Virginia and believe it or not, we bought a farm and I was training again and we still had some rentals. I had a 15 unit building at this time that I partnered with another guy on. I started training horses and I mean, I loved it. I was doing clinics all over the country. I was doing lots of lessons. I was selling horses for more money than I ever imagined. So every horse I sold, I stood in the saddle and stock whips in both hands. But I mean, just lots of tricks, lots of things. I never imagined being able to do those things. But this took an extreme amount of time, extreme amount of time to get to this level and to be able to do these things. So this horse right here, his name's Shamrock. He's pretty special. He's probably my best ever. So I did lots of tricks with him at Liberty, meaning nothing on him. I can ask him. So many horses I'd teach to lay down. I'd stand on them while they're laying down and pop whips and throw tarps over them, all kinds of stuff. So just to give you an idea, it took lots of time, right? Lots of time. So I was also working full time. I was training at night till midnight most nights. Just sacrificed the family time to make all that happen. And I bring this up because you may also have a passion that's somewhat holding you back. Could I have made a lot of money training horses? Yes, I was making better money than I thought I probably could have even while I was only doing it after hours, after my federal agent position. However, it was never gonna be passive. It was never gonna build wealth. And I mean, everybody wanted me to train their horse, wanted me to give them lessons, right? And so one fall, Chelsea and I were walking on the beach. We were just praying and we were just reflecting right, on where we're at, where are we going? Do we see ourselves like doing what we're doing now three years from now? And it was just obvious then. We almost can't explain it how we both just had peace about this because I'd obviously invested a ton of time into this, okay? And it was becoming pretty well known at that. And so this was like beginning of September. And by the end of September, we had listed our farm for sale. We decided, you know what? If we're gonna be committed to commercial real estate, we're gonna be all in. So we sold our farm. Between Christmas and New Year's, we were moving out. The house we'd always dreamed of, the farm, and that was very difficult. And that's why I say to this passion, it may not be horse training for you, but this thing that I just wanted to do since I was very young. And I was like doing it. I was finally achieving that. But I could see that, you know what? This is really gonna hold us back, our family. If we, I'm not gonna be able to pursue real estate and doing this at the same time. So we sold the farm and we sold everything related to the horse training business. But here's those two triplexes. Again, tired of chasing tenants and toilets and it wasn't a scalable business model. And I say that I still have so much brain damage from these two buildings. <laughs> I say those words, the apartments, and Chelsea still cringes, you know, like, oh, <laughs> you know, that was such a difficult time because I was self-managing, did not have a clue what I was doing, just did very poor due diligence, a number of things. but. The biggest thing was the time I missed mentally with my new bride. We'd been married less than two years, and my mind was just always thinking about the tenant that was fixing to move out or trying to get that unit turned over or the AC unit that was failing, and I should have known about that before we bought them. All those things, right? But during that time, when we sold the farm, it was also when I went to my first real estate conference, okay, a large conference. And again, I started meeting guys and gals who were buying 100-unit complexes, and they'd only been in the business a year or two, and I thought, wait a minute. I really thought that 
To be able to buy a 100-unit building that you had to have been doing this 30 years or more, right? Who does that? I don't, I don't know who those guys are. Maybe one day I could do that, but I never expected it. But I went to this conference and my eyes were opened again to all these people that were doing it. And again, I thought, okay, hey, if they can do this, I can probably do something bigger than what I'm doing now, right? So we did. My eyes were opened. We sold the farm. And the important part here is I hired a mentor. Hired a mentor. I knew that I wanted somebody that had been there and done that. I did a big process on finding what I felt like was the right mentor. A few key things. I wanted somebody that was in the business now. I wanted somebody that I could speak to personally, not a team of coaches under them. And somebody I just felt like that genuinely cared about my success. Did a lot of due diligence on bigger pockets and different places. Ask questions. People will share with you their experience. And so I just encourage you. I have many mentors now. That was really a mindset shift. When I hired that mentor, it was $12,500. And we were fixing to start another adoption process. We knew that was fixing to cost us another probably 50 grand. And that was a lot of money to us. And Chelsea and I both were like, should we really do this? Should we hire a mentor? So glad I did. It's just a no-brainer now. But at the time, that was a massive amount of money to us. Obviously, we started a podcast. A few of you in here have been interviewed over a thousand days straight now. And I encourage you, if you want to hear more about the story, like with Chelsea and I, Show 1000, 1001, and then it was a Saturday, Sunday, the next Saturday, Sunday. It was just a series of us just talking about that whole process in much more detail and really her talking more. So building teams, hiring people, scaling. We're going to talk about this again in a minute. But doing a daily podcast pushed me to do things that I would have never done before. I've personally never edited the first piece of audio, the first piece of video. I've never made a piece of artwork. I've never posted a show on our website, on the internet, anywhere. Okay, because I knew doing a daily show, there's no way that I could keep up. It was not possible. If I'd done a weekly show, just the way that I would have thought, I would have said, you know what? I'm gonna save some money. I'll do this myself. I'll learn how to edit some audio video. I'll do it. I'll be able to do it. I would have gotten frustrated and most likely quit, honestly. And it wouldn't have even seemed as bad either. You know, there's a lot of people that start weekly shows and quit. That happens often. But not too many people start daily shows and quit. Well, they might. I don't know too many people that even try it. But, and I wouldn't even recommend it to most. <laughs> but what's behind that growth is our why, our mission. Ellis mentioned David Platt. When Chelsea and I moved to Roanoke for that federal agent position, we were really new believers at that time. And we were just growing in our walk, growing in our faith. And we were exposed to David Platt and a thing he does called Secret Church. If you don't know about it, I'd encourage you to look it up. But we had just moved there the next weekend with Secret Church, and we went. He was talking about caring for orphans and widows. I mean, we grew up in a one-stoplight town. I didn't know anybody that was ever adopted. I was never exposed to that, really, that I can remember, Chelsea or I. But David was talking about how they had adopted. There were over 150 million orphans in the world, how it can cost 40 to 60 grand to bring a child home through adoption. I mean, we didn't have a clue about any of that stuff. But on our way home, all we could ask ourselves were, why would we not adopt? Why would we not adopt? It just seemed like the right thing to do. I mean, it seemed that simple to us. And I'm so thankful now that we're really ignorant to the process. (laughs) I mean, really. We've done it four times now with one failed placement. But, But anyway, it is quite the roller coaster, but worth every second. But we thought, why would we not adopt? So within a week, we turned in our application to adopt from Ethiopia. Two years later, our first son, Samuel, comes home from Ethiopia. A year later, Elijah comes home through adoption. He was born in the States. And our daughter, Eden Joy, now also came to our family through adoption. She's two now. So this mission has changed everything about us. This thing the Lord did in Chelsea and I at this time, we had no idea what it would be now, and even through our foundation and whatnot now. But it changed everything about our business. 
okay? And it's changed everything about, I mean, even the growth of our business. I didn't see that coming. The Lord had a different plan. The Lord had a very different plan in how he was going to use all this. But the importance of your why is everything for us now. And it's becoming everything for many other people now as well. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.